Hi, everyone. Welcome to our Legal on Air podcast. This is our summer special. My name is Moni. I'm your moderator, and I'm happy to welcome you here to our podcast. As a part of our Deloitte Legal Summer Trip, we introduce you to different country desks. Today, we are talking about the special cooperation with the Netherlands. Germany and the Netherlands have always had important economic ties. And to ensure that cross-border legal matters run smoothly, Deloitte's Dutch desk in Germany has a team of three Dutch-speaking experts to provide you with advice and support and act as your first point of content and facilitator for all services that you may require. Today, I have here Dr. Fleur Johanna Propp, expert for corporate law and M&A transactions at Deloitte Legal in Düsseldorf, and Rosemarine Blumendahl, specialist for corporate law with a special focus on international restructurings and reorganizations, co-operations and ventures at Deloitte Legal in Amsterdam, the Netherlands, talk about the country-specific characteristics, challenges and opportunities. So, hello and welcome, Fleur and Rosemarine. Thank you for joining our podcast today. Thank you, Moni. It's great to be here. Hi, Moni. We're very happy to be here. It's really great that you're giving us an insight into the Dutch country desk today. Can you tell me what are the particular legal challenges and core elements in your daily advisory practice? Well, as you probably know, the Netherlands are Germany's most important European trading partner. Even in 2020, which was characterized by the pandemic, the Netherlands exported goods in a total value of approximately 88.4 billion euro to Germany. Vice versa, Germany exported goods in a total value of 84 billion euro to the Netherlands. These are really impressive numbers, even if compared to trade volume with countries such as the US or China. And what we see is that the step across the German-Dutch border seems easy, the mentality seems familiar, but although similar, there are often differences in the details that can determine your success. Because of the similarities, the cultural subtleties can easily be overlooked and they can be crucial for the success of cross-border projects. That is why we believe that when engaging in the German market, Dutch businesses need advisors who do not only advise you on the applicable laws, but also point to the differences in the legal systems. Being a native Dutch who has grown up in Germany and studied and worked as a lawyer in both countries, I can share my personal and hands-on experience. And so can others within our team. Yeah, thanks, Fleur. And as Fleur already said, the Dutch economy is a strong, export-oriented and innovative. And looking at it sector-wise, services are strong with a very pronounced financial sector, uh, followed by trade, agriculture and industry. And I believe that uh, for a certain part, it may uh, very well be based on our country's history. Uh, as you are aware, uh, Netherlands are a small country that has been engaged in overseas activities as of the 17th century. And we have been thriving thanks to our entrepreneurship and trade. And uh, I believe that this has heavily influenced the Dutch mindset. And Germany's success, on the other hand, is for a large part based on industrial and manufacturing expertise and 
this obviously requires a different skill set. And the bilateral cultural relations between Germany and the Netherlands are very extensive. There's close cooperation and exchange between educational, research and cultural institutions and individuals. And I can note to you that there must be approximately 23,000 Germans studying in the Netherlands, and that is 25% of all our foreign students and the largest group ahead of Italy and China. Having said that, I can still only agree with Fleur. It may often look and feel the same for uh, Germany and the Netherlands, but the cultural divide can really not be ignored in doing business. That's really interesting for somebody who is like me, who is really neutral to this legal topic. So it's really interesting to see that um, yeah, tie between Germany and Netherlands. It was not clear for me before that. But if you're thinking now about pitfalls, for example, are there any particular pitfalls that one should be aware of? Oh, definitely. It starts with the principles. In Germany, one of the most important principles of public and private contract law is the ancient rule facta sunt servanda. It's Latin for agreements must be kept. From a German perspective, the principle of pacta sunt servanda is an indispensable rule of law, which does not tolerate exceptions. This means that if you have concluded an agreement on the German law, you are bound by this agreement. Only under very exceptional and very extreme circumstances, a concluded agreement can be changed afterwards, including by way of court award. Yeah, so what uh, Fleur explains about contracting in uh, Germany is, is quite different if compared to the situation in the Netherlands and under Dutch law. Uh, the Pacta Punservanda principle as a general rule does apply, but there's much more room to interpret and amend agreements based on the rule that we have, and that is the rule of redelijkheid and billigheid, translated as reasonableness and fairness. And this actually means that Dutch courts have a certain freedom to take decisions which they believe are in line with good faith and equity and are not limited so much by the wording of the agreements as are our German counterparts. That's really interesting to hear. But the legal principles aside, there are also many differences in how our legal systems treat certain constellations. A good example can uh, be found in the area of employment law. In Germany, the dismissal protection rules are only applicable if an employer regularly employs more than 10 employees. If he or she employs 10 or less employees, he or she may terminate the employment agreement with an employee without giving any reason. A dream come true for Dutch entrepreneurs? <laughs> well, uh, Fleur, it may very well uh, be uh, because in the Netherlands, uh, any employer uh, always needs the approval of either the employee insurance agency or a decision by the relevant court, which is the cantonrechter, uh, to terminate any employment. Uh, obviously, uh, unless the employee agrees with the dismissal or termination. That's another example could be the issue of the personal liability of managing directors of GmbHs. We see that there also the two legal systems deviate one from the other. By way of example, in case of illiquidity or after the occurrence of over-indebtedness of a German GmbH, the managing directors are obliged to file an application to open insolvency proceedings without culpable delay and in any event no later than three weeks after the occurrence of the insolvency. 
there's basically no way for the shareholders to hinder the managing directors to make the corresponding filing other than granting additional equity or liquidity to the GMH. If the managing directors do not apply for insolvency proceedings in time, they become personal liable and might even be criminal prosecuted. Yeah, yeah, uh, Fleur, uh, actually the topic of uh, hair liability around insolvency or illiquidity is uh, quite different in the Netherlands. Uh, liability may, of course, arise, uh, but only in the event of what we would call specific issues, such as wrongful trading or selective payments in case of bankruptcy. Then a personal uh, liability can arise for a director towards the bankrupt estate for the deficit in the estate if he has performed his duties with apparent negligence, kennelijk onbehoorlijk bestuur in good Dutch, and such improper management was indeed an important cause of the bankruptcy. And in determining whether or not personal liability is incurred, the test applied by the Dutch court is whether, taking into account all relevant circumstances, a prudent director acting with proper care would be expected to have taken the same action as the director in question did. And if evidently not, only if evidently not, then personal liability may be incurred. A liability of directors will only be incurred in the Netherlands if the neglect is sufficiently grave and the courts will look at whether all circumstances and reasonably foreseeable risks have been properly taken into consideration by the director in question and whether the director in question ensured that he was properly informed. This is very important, eh? uh, liaising with counsel and making sure that your file is in order. There is no obligation, and this is different as to what Fleur explained, as such to file for insolvency proceedings in case of negative equity, nor is there a compulsory insolvency balance test. And as long, uh, as we always say, as there is light at the end of the tunnel, and a possibility of going concern, the directors under Dutch law may continue to operate. So what would be your recommendation to our listeners who are interested in becoming active in Germany? Well, that's a very good question. Um, it very much depends on the size and the level of the organization of the listener. We always recommend to prepare a solid business plan and to determine what exactly is your strategy What do you want to achieve within the next years? Have you thought about the cultural differences? Do you already intend to hire employees in Germany? Also recommend to make sure that you get the people familiar with the German business culture and to get professional advice. Also very important to aim for a realistic timing. Um, explore the various options that exist. Do market research. Make sure that your website and company presentations are written in excellent German business language and meet all formal and legal requirements. For example, that you have imprint on your website. It sounds very cliche, but it's true. For the first impression, there is no second chance. Exactly. Our advice also is to get professional advice to see which options exist. The tax consequences of starting businesses in any other country can be huge. So we also recommend to get advice in time regarding all relevant topics. As said, for Netherlands, employment law, directive liability may be topics to get advice on. As is, and I didn't mention that before, uh, the compulsory large company regime, which is a regime that forces larger companies to implement 
a supervisory board with certain pre-described rights and limiting shareholders' rights. So last but not least, if I am visiting Germany on business on or on holiday, what should I definitely not miss? Oh, there are so many things. Germany has so many wonderful regions with different history, dialect, mindset, that it's really difficult to come up with that one event. I would recommend exploring the different regions that Germany has and enjoying the beautiful landscape and cities. Yeah, and my recommendation for the Netherlands is, is, is really a personal one, and that is to uh, look into and visit our museum, galleries and art initiatives. There are many and they are uh, throughout uh, the whole of Holland. But if you are to visit Amsterdam, that is where I'm based, you really should check out the art site. And that is a, a Biennale of Contemporary Sculptures set in a rural area in Amsterdam. And that is between houses and streets and city green. Uh, really lovely. Uh, and of course, don't forget to have it followed by uh, trying out one of our typical Dutch snacks. And I know that one of them is a favorite of Fleur. Uh, and that is the croquette. Uh, but also uh, try the raw herring or the bitter ball. <laughs> That's really cool. Thank you very, very much, you both. Thank you for your interesting and, and exciting insights. You have shown how important country-specific advice is and what particular challenges corporations are facing. Thank you for taking your time talking with me about this important topic. This was really nice to be here. Uh, thank you to the listeners and uh, thank you all very much. Bye-bye. Yeah, thank you very much. It was very nice to talking to you. And if you have any questions, always feel free to contact us. Bye-bye. So, dear listeners, thank you for listening to our podcast. I hope you were able to take away some helpful information from this episode. And if you are currently enjoying your summer trip and our podcast summer trip episodes, please feel free to pass it on. And if you have any questions, suggestions, etc., your feedback is very important to us please feel free to contact us directly. I'm looking forward to hearing from you again. And if you're looking for our podcast, you will find it on our podcast platforms as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. And yeah, I would say have a good time and dial in or listen to our podcast very, very soon. Bye. Bye.